Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So yeah. I gotta ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Transformation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things in the community. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find your podcast. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and today's episode is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Running Collection, an eclectic ensemble of artists from all walks of life and disciplines. I mean, we're talking established to wannabe writers, actors, directors, artists, bloggers, bloggers, videographers, podcasters, journalists, producers, and editors who are passionate about creating content for running and entertainment purposes. Still, but more importantly, they inspire people to pursue a healthy lifestyle by helping them identify their purpose, maximize their potential accelerate their growth and continuing the cycle in other words they help people imac their life so if you've got some hidden talent and you're looking for a safe place to express own and display your talent shoot them an email at the behind the wheel morning show at gmail.com if you're an entrepreneur a small business owner or know of an entrepreneur a small business owner looking to advertise in the behind the wheel podcast but weren't certain as to whether or not there was a possibility we have eliminated all the guesswork. It certainly is a reality. Who's this we you're talking about? You know it's just you. I'm not going to go with we. We now have... We going with we? I think we're going to go with we. Let's try. We now have the ability for you to sponsor an episode. How cool is that? Your ad can run pre, mid, or post roll. Simply visit coffee.com forward slash btw podcast the details will be in the show notes that's ko hyphen fi.com forward slash btw podcast and one of the cool things about coffee.com is it allows supporters of the show to buy me a cup of coffee you all know i like coffee so shout out to latoya shante soul inspired kimberly hall and kim isaiah that's why I'm all hyped up on this coffee. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Baby Octavio, D-Rock, D-Living Show. Woo! Yo, I hope you all are doing well today. You know, I was um, scheduling out an interview with some folks in, uh, I think they've got, they've got the Creative Talk Shop Podcast. So we're going to be uh, interviewing them on Monday. So we're in the chat. The guy says, you, you'll be meeting with... You know, Raza. I was like, okay. So he's got people. So he said, okay, let me tell you who you're talking with now. You're talking to Livingston. You know, because I got people. Plenty of personalities. I don't know if it's a split personality or whatever. But you're talking to Livingston, Derek's personal assistant. Yeah, so we'll have them on the show on Monday. We also have an author coming up that we're looking forward to having on the show, Mr. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Mr. Ernest Gibson III. So, he, yeah, we got him nailed down. He's going to be on the show. Who else we got lined up for um, next week? 
Con Body. So they they're they're a group on IG. They've um you know ex cons, and they have this workout thing. And then what they've done, they were in Forbes magazine, did a feature on them. Uh, they're going to be teaching ex cons how to produce podcasts. So I thought that was pretty pretty sweet. And then we have up Dr. Angela Bess. Yo, Angela Bess, tag on email. I changed my password on my on my email account. You know, you change it on your phone. And then I go to log in to my uh, on my iPad. Excuse me. So it's not, you know, since the password has changed, it's not like receiving the updates. I'm looking, I'm like, yo, what when is uh when when are we doing this? Dr. Bess? So yeah, I sent you a message. I'm like, oh damn it. Sugar. So yeah, we'll have her up next week, same time. Dr. Angela Best takes a crew of physicians over to Haiti, and she's been going back uh, for a number of years now. I tell you, Haiti, there's something about Haiti. I told you there was an author, Ben Franklin, who, Ben Franklin, Ben Fountain. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's like, uh, you know, that's like uh, 45. Talking about what's his name is still in the back there. Shout out to... uh, mm. Shout out to 45, made the cover of the Daily News. I can't even be mad at him for not showing up, uh, you know, to the funeral. Like, what was he going to add? It would have just been, it would have been fake. So mad props to the guy over there at uh, Pennsylvania Avenue doing the right thing and staying away. You know, yeah, what was he going to say? Like, he's got like, somebody said he has (laughs) a vocabulary capacity of 400 words. I don't even think it's that much. But yeah, I, I don't even think it's that much. I think that was that was being um, gracious. Mm-hmm. So, and I had this thought, like, why? Like, you know, why? Why would you? Um, why would you not come to us? You know, as I'm transitioning over, I got an email the other day. Somebody had reached out to me and was like, "Yo, you might want to make these corrections on your post." And I was like, "Okay, well, thank you." They highlighted them. They didn't highlight them in red. It was like yellow. Like, okay, all right. And um, <clears throat> come to find out this person is an author, which I thought was cool. And they were on a podcast, an international podcast. And it got me to thinking about the number of um, podcast hosts that we have within the, uh, you know, the running and endurance community where you have people of color, black folk, brown, what do you want to call them? You know, yeah, what do you want to call us? Podcasts within the running and endurance communities, it's like the new radio. That's what I keep saying. I don't understand why people are not taking me up on this offer. This is like serious, yo. Don't wait till we blow up like Joe Rogan or Serial. And then it's like, damn, how do you get on the show? Yeah, well, you know, you got to be calling by that point. You'll have people. I will have people. And those people will say, you know, so-and-so wants to come on the show. I'm like, well, what are they going to talk about? Hmm? What are they going to be on the show and they're going to talk about? You know, we I'm looking forward to having this is an incredible story that's been in the news um, uh, of a crew of two two women who are doing some extraordinary work down in Atlanta, trying to book them for the longest. If you know these folks in Atlanta who have been taking care of the homeless, you know, they're doing fabulous work. Ronica and Erica, reach out to them. Tell them be on the show, man. Come on now. Call them up. Call them up. Hit them in the inbox. Say, yo, come on. We want to hear the story. They're doing some fabulous work. And they're, they're, they are the epitome 
of what our show is about. Ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their community. Yeah, so we want to have them on the show to share their story with the world. You know, it'll be like, um, you know, I heard there's supposedly this, this uh, I don't know if it's true. It is true because she said it was true. So I, I take her word for it. Shonda Rhimes, um, she was um, asked to be on Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon? I think it's Jimmy Fallon, yeah. And um, is it Jimmy Fallon? Whatever. Anyhow, so it's a show that's supposed to be on the same network that, that Scandal plays on. And she was asked to be on the show, and she was a little shy. I was like, no, I mean, it's live. I can't do it live. We could do it pre-recorded. And I'm telling them, you know, it'll be pre-recorded. So it'll take out any of the angst. Um, but incredible story. I want to be able to share it with, uh, with the audience. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to share with the audience. Thank you all for sharing your feedback with me yesterday. Uh, incredible. Good to be able to hear that. And then today was no different in terms of high school. When I think about like high school and where I, where I sat in high school, yo, coming to high school was like, because my, um, my mom used to make um, my clothes and I was into, I was into fashion. At least I thought I was into fashion. You know, I, I even back, no, I wasn't in fashion back then. I I was able to tell though that there was a difference in the grain in fabric. I discovered that early on. You know, as you rub your hands on a pair of corduroys. You remember corduroys? Remember corduroys out? You know, corduroys. Yeah. So you rub your hands on, you can feel the grain in the fabric. Well, when I would do that, I noticed. On my right leg, the grain was going down. So it was smooth. On my left leg, it was a little rough because the grain was in the opposite direction. And I pointed this out to my mother. I said, the color is different. She said, the color can't be different. Mom, I'm looking at it. The color is different. It's not different. Well, it appears different and it's going in a different direction. Something is not right here. That is the equivalent. Anyone who's a Caribbean... You know, at that point, that is an indication for you to shut up and don't say anything else. So it, it comes, that is a troops, you know. And then there's a stare that might come along, a, a glance, a cutting of the eyes. <sighs> hmm? It's a way of expressing their displeasure. She was not pleased with the fact that I was pointing out that, yo, you got me looking crazy out here, mama. You got me looking crazy out here with the, with the corduroys going in the opposite direction. So what was I going to do? You know, she made the pants. I got to wear them. So I'm wearing these corduroy pants looking all jacked up. And then, um, you know, my parents did what they could do. It was, it was rejects. I didn't realize rejects were a thing. Rejects had a song. And I was proud of that song. Pro Cats did not have a song. You know, I realized that Rejects had a song. We had a theme song. How many people out there wore Rejects? Hmm? I wore Rejects. They make your feet feel fine. Rejects. They cost $1.99, Rejects. So get your Rejects. Get your Rejects. Rejects had a song. Procats didn't have a thing. I don't even remember. Procats not even around any longer. Huh. How about that? Where's your Procats now? Rejects still around. You can go to Walmart and get a pair of rejects. You can go to Sketches and get a pair of rejects. 
They got knockoffs. They're still making knockoffs. I don't understand them. They are still making knockoffs. Anyhow, so rejects, that was the thing. And it was only until then you start, you know, shoveling snow. Shout out to Miss Harris. You know, Miss Harris. Mrs. Harris is the elderly woman on my block. Long, silver, gray hair, thin woman with a German shepherd who took no shorts. She was the response. She was the one responsible for us having our first block party. She was an activist, you know, an old librarian, have books all around the house, chain smoking woman. You know, she seen the lots, the vacant lots in on our block and decided that there should be a garden. I had no idea why we should have a garden in the middle of Brooklyn. You know, Kiron, who was recently on the show running for office, he had a garden in his section of Brooklyn, East New York, Brownsville. Can't wait to release that episode. Mm -hmm. But Miss Harris said, yo, we should have buy the lot from the city, open it up make it a garden instead of having people dumping trash in there. So that's what it was. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? You know, so Miss Harris had a shovel. Ms. Harris had a shovel with snow. Miss Harris said, you know what? After you finish shoveling my snow, why don't you take the shovel and go, you know, make a couple of dollars? So that was my first venture out into becoming an entrepreneur. What can I tell you? So I'm shoveling snow. You start shoveling snow from Bed-Stuy work my way all the Flatbush. Make a little money, you know? What was I going to do with this money? It was my get high money. Get high money. I didn't know any better. You know, get high and um, uh, and what else was I doing? So I had a couple of dollars. Now you buy some clothes. So you go to Models. Models contribute some money to what my parents were giving and I would get the shoes on the tabletop. Now, I don't know if you remember models from back in the day. Shoes on top of the tabletop, right foot, left foot, never the same. <sighs> never the same. You have to start playing this game any, mini, miny, mode, searching through all of the samples, trying to find a shoe that matches because they stamped on their irregular. Boom. Like, how could you got a pattern making this thing? Like, who was in the factory screwing these jams up, man? So, okay, so I would get the re I would get the pro kids. All right, but they would look different. They wouldn't be the same. It was it was a struggle, you know? Or you search through the pile and you find the matching pile. You know, you find a matching pair, and that's what I would do. You know, you find a matching pair. Could you take that one off and put it with this one? I know those two don't look the same, but these two look the same. And this is the one I wore. And so, yeah, that was me, you know. So you start, you know, that was that was my first venture out, that little money. And then you, I remember getting a summer job. You know, so this is, you fast forward, like, junior high school years. It was junior high school, elementary. Um, it was kind of rough, man. You know, you collect the money from... But I think my first official job, my first official job, you ready for this? You remember what your first official job was? Drop us a line if you remember what your first official job was. Like your first job. I don't even say official. My first job. Somebody paid me to, to perform a service for them. You know what mine was? I had a neighbor live next to me. Two doors down. Two brothers, Ronald and Eric. My job was to walk Ronald and Eric to school. And I get paid for walking into school. Meanwhile, you know, so I'm new to the country. We're going to public school. My job is to make sure they get to school. I don't know why she figured, you know, 
I would be the one. I don't have pity on me, but I don't know what it was. If I'm telling the story now, and I am, it was because she saw the leadership potential within me and my ability to direct and lead people on a path to righteousness. Okay, maybe that was a bit extreme. Maybe not righteousness, but yo, I used to walk them to school. True story, not making this up. And she paid me to walk them to school. You know, so I developed a sense of humor from an early age. I was like, yo, I'm walking all the school, man. I could be like your father. <laughs> they didn't think that was funny. I thought it was funny. I don't know, you know. You know, I have a job, I have a responsibility. They would say, Ronald, make y'all hold his hand. They'd have to hold my hand. Come on, man. To get across the street. And then it would just stop. Once we get down the block, that was it. We make all the way to 44, coming back. We stop by the number runner's spot. You know, he'd give us some money, some candy, and we come home. And this was the routine, you know. But I, I dressed funny. They always had to fly stuff, you know. They always had to fly stuff. Ronald, Eric, shout out to my Ronald, no longer with us. Eric is still here. I hear from my man Eric every now and then. Good guy, you know. And um, yeah, crazy. Get to high school. I don't know. I went to. We we broke up when we went to uh, to, to junior high school. Had a little, uh, you know. Somebody, one of my teachers, was like, "Yo, you should." You should go to this specialized school, this specialized new experimental school, Satellite East. So, you know, spoke to my mother, Miss Parks. Miss Parks was a teacher, black teacher. She was a smoker. You could tell she smoked. She had the black lips, you know, the dark black lips from smoking cigarettes. But she saw something in me and she was like, you should go to Satellite East. I'm like, okay, let me talk to your mother. Talk to my mother, no problem. Boom. And it was in public school that a teacher called my mother Casper the Friendly Ghost, which I thought was pretty witty. I thought that I thought that was funny. I was like, yo, that's pretty funny. It's like, yo, and the whole class laughed. You know, I was the butt of his joke, but I couldn't tell my mother that. You know, some parents, you know, some kids, you know, they have a problem in school. They go home, they tell their mother, the mother come up to the school, or grandmother comes to the school and psh, make a commotion. You know, my mother was not coming up to the school. That's what he called it. Casper the friendly ghost because I never see her. So what are you going to do? Yeah, you take an L. You say, all right, funny. All right, okay, I know. I know what it was. You know, you 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 go through, you grow up. So you think about like where junior high school was kind of, um, public school was kind of rough. Got to junior high school and then it was um, still trying to figure out where you at. Um, you know, trying to play a little basketball was playing basketball on, on Satellite East team. They didn't have a whole lot of people at this school, so I made the team, you know. I showed up when I got out of, um, I could see a switch in my pictures, though. When I looked at my, um, when I looked at my, my grade school pictures, I could see she had some, she had some fly outfits, you know, with picture day come around, shirt and tie on. I, I looked, I, you know, I had, I had some, I had some, some stuff going on, man. I didn't look too bad, you know. The plaid, she made some of my jackets and suits. I was looking, I was looking a little pretty, pretty dapper. I was looking pretty dapper. Got to junior high school, and I could see a switch in my pictures. Now, you know, I looked at them occasionally. I could see where, um, you know, you, you had an incident in, in junior high school with a teacher, and it just kind of shifted my life around, man. Kind of made me withdrawn. And I was like, what do I do? Do I talk to somebody about it, not talk to anybody about it? So I never spoke about it, never said nothing to nobody. I just kind of, because what was I going to tell? I realized, you know, you can't talk to your parents about it. What's in your parents? They don't really talk about stuff. You know, you just kind of, you just take the L, you just kind of keep moving, bury it somewhere, you know, 
or you take it out, it comes out in, in, in a different form. Yeah, you gotta make it an environment so your kids can talk to you. Whatever. So I get to ju I get to uh, to high school after playing basketball in junior high school. At the small high school, you know, you're playing a little pickup ball during the summer, whatever. And so I feel like I'm going to, you know, try out for the team. I had on a pair of Nike Cortez. Now that should be like the first indication that I didn't know what I was doing. Show up to tryouts with a pair of Nike Cortez or I am sliding all over the place. Track shoes. And it's not even like really track shoes, but, but they, they had no grip. You are sliding around the gymnasium floor. It's not good. It's not a good look for me, man. But I, I showed up. That's what I did. And obviously, I did not make the team. I didn't make the team. There's no surprise. Should be no, it, was no, it was a surprise to me. I was like, yo, what is going on here? Something is not happening. This is not, it's not what I had in mind, man. But I tried. You know, you couldn't. Hey, you wouldn't know. But yeah, I didn't make the team. <laughs> Just to kind of put things in perspective, Pearl Washington was... You know, he plays the high. The Kangaroos had a reputation. You know what I mean? Boys and Girls High was like, it, it, was, it, it, was a, it, had a, it had a reputation, basketball and football. You know? When I got to um, high school, where was I sitting down eating lunch at? First, it was with, you know, my friends from the block. So Ronald and I and Eric, you know, we, we all lived on the same block. So we walked to school. Um, we, we went to separate junior high schools, reconnecting high school, back in high school now. And you start trying to find, you know, your way, you know, you're coming in late, smoking outside, figure you knock on the door, security guard, you buy him a pack of cigarettes, he let you in or whatever, you know. That was the, that was the, that was the routine. That was the school, you know. You hanging around with different people trying to figure out, where was I sitting? I think initially we were sitting together, wrong or not. Eric, if you had lunch at the same time or whatever. And if you don't have lunch at a different time, like, where, where am I going to sit? So I, I, I would sit with different people, you know. I never had a, you know, was with the West Indian crew at one point. But by this point in, um, in high school, I had lost my accent. So, you know, you had people who were new and they still had their accent or whatever. So I was like, okay, well, you know, you really ain't from, you know, you really ain't from the island or whatever. So you're kind of like, oh, I am from the island, from Barbados. But you've been here your whole life. So you really... Mm. It was like, okay, well, whatever. I'll hang out with y'all if I can, you know, if I can or whatever. No problem. Or I sit by myself. I was just, it was hard trying to figure out, like, your people, trying to find your your, your, your crew. Because I wasn't really, like, a, a nerd, you know. And I wasn't really, like, a, I wasn't a gangster. So, I'm like, okay. Mm. Going in there, you know, you, you trying to observe, peep out, you know. All right, so I'll see y'all over here, chocolate girl. You know, projects, whatever, we share the class. You hang out, sit down, talk, whatever, and that was it. You know, friend, that was the, um, that was the crew at one point. Mm -hmm. But I remember, it was a girl freshman year. Slim chick, looked like she was a Chinese you know, like chicky eyes. If he never heard of she wasn't Chinese. She looked Chinese. She had chicky eyes. Her mascara, whatever. 
show her thought she was dainty. She looked dainty. Dainty. dainty to me. I don't know what dainty is. Yeah, she looked dainty to me. I call myself trying to talk to her, but I really didn't have the clothes. I didn't have the gear or the get the gab. I just, I, I didn't have the clothes. I was clueless. When it came to matters of relationships, I just wasn't, I wasn't that dude, you know? She didn't get to talk. She didn't got to talk. Got to talk. The birds and the bees talk. I never got the birds. I don't know what the birds okay, right. Never got the talk. I don't know what the talk was. You know, it was like, I brought you all here to go to school and get your education. And then going back home. That was the birds and the bees talk. That was the talk. You never get the birds and the bees talk. So I'm like, okay, so what do I say? You know, how do I, how, how does this work? I don't know how this works. You know, you're experimenting. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out. So I was trying to talk to her. I had to clue what I was saying, what I was doing, whatever. And it was obvious, and so she she wasn't interested. I just didn't have the gear. I didn't have the weird fall. Thank God for summer youth programs. You know, when the summer youth programs came out, man. Then you had you had a couple of dollars guaranteed, some some funds or whatever. You had a standing outside in Fulton Park to register. It is hot. You have to eat before you go and stand in the sun. I discovered this early on. Without eating, certain things can happen to you. I'm standing there, and I start to feel woozy. And my legs are failing me, and I fall down and collapse. When I come to, you know, I've got a series of questions. People are asking me, did you eat? No, I didn't eat breakfast. I came out here to get a job, to register for summer youth. And, um, yeah, yeah, well, it would be a good idea to eat before you come and stand on this line. But I didn't know that. I was just eager to get the job. So I got the job. Where was I working at? Boy, I was working at the Board of Education. Mm. This was, this was, now nah, I got a summer job. Now you, you, know, you get a summer job working downtown Brooklyn. You get away from the, uh, the community. And so, you know, some people had, they had gotten jobs. They were working in the parks, picking shit up. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I was like, yo, so I'm at I'm at an office like, right? With office with with people working downtown Brooklyn. Only time I would go downtown Brooklyn is if it was a special time, you know, going to going to going to shopping or whatever, my mom's or we going cashing my pops check or whatever. You know, it was the like, that was the experience. That was the downtown maze era, you know, before Albany Square Mall was even like that. Um ANS. Corvette's time frame. Woolworths was downtown Brooklyn. So, you know, you go to Woolworths to get a, get a Sunday in, in, in my rejects. So, to be downtown Brooklyn alone, working, this was this was an experience. People were like, yo, you go there, be responsible, get there on time. So, I did that. You know, I, had, I remember I had this, like, this little thin leather tie. I don't know why I bought a leather tie. I thought I was... You couldn't tell me jack, man. I had a leather tie. Tie. Anybody else had a leather tie? One of them thin leather ties. One of them thin leather ties. I learned how to tie a tie. I learned how to tie. I could tie a Windsor knot, man. A Windsor knot. What? A leather tie. I was downtown with a leather tie on. I was cool. I was cool, man. And working at the board of ed, around you know some old folks, we stuffing envelopes. This was the job. You know, you do what you do. What you got to do. This was part of the task. It was. It was that. I'm stuffing envelopes in. And I learned a system, you know, because I don't just want to stuff envelopes. I want to figure out something. I want a different task. So my thinking was, if I finish this quickly, they will have to assign something else to me 
to do. They'll have to sign something else for me to do. So I'm sitting in the room, some older folks who are there. This is their job. This is what they're doing all the time. This is not a summer program for them. This is their gig. So I'm there, and I'm like, okay. I take a handful, bam, fold them all up. Now I got a system. And they were like, yo, 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 what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? You got to slow down. I was like, why? It's like, yo, if you do, if you, you working too fast, what's going to happen is they're going to bring more stuff for us to do. You're making the rest of us look bad. I'm, I'm making you look bad? How am, I, how am I making you look bad? Like, I'm saying in my head, why would I want to stay just stuffing the envelopes? Like, I want to do something else, you know? So I'm doing my system. I'm going. You find me something else to do. Now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the envelope stuffing crew any longer. What? I got a promotion. I ain't no promotion. I just got a different task. I'm not stuffing envelopes. We're doing other stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is great. This is wonderful. So now you go shopping. You go down. You know, you, you start shopping. You start buying other clothes. You start looking differently. And I'm like, okay. So you figure out who you're sitting with and what crew you're riding with. You know, at one point, I'm like, you know what? You know what? After I left that job, Mr. Mackey, white supervisor, was like, yo, you ever need anything? You know, you come back down here and see me. So I dropped out of high school at one point. I was just like, I give up. I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this. This is just so boring. It just didn't. High school has got to be something else. I don't want to do this. And I was like, ah, I'm not going. I, some days I just wouldn't go. I would just stay home, sleep, and get out the house, you know, go and not go. Just, just stupid. You know, just really stupid. And Pastor's like, well, you can't stay here. You have to get a job or something. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't. My whole plan was. I was going to get my GED. All right. I'm going to get the job and I'm going to get my GED. Hmm? My general equivalency diploma. I went down there one day and uh, took one class and then left. It's like, this is not going to work for me. No, because no, no, we got, there's no, there are no young people here. They're just adults. Brandy new in some instances to the country. So we're starting from ground zero. This is going to try my patience. I No, this is not going to work. This is not going to work for me, Derek. I think it's going to be time for me to return to high school. <laughs> I kid you not. I went there one day, one night. I was like, yo, this is, nah, nah. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. Uh-uh. I still had the job, but I wasn't doing this. Mm-mm. I went back to high school and tried to, uh, you know, spoke to my guidance counselor, tried to set up an appointment, make sure, you know, get on track, get my diploma, figure out how many, how many classes I need to take. And she was like, put me off like for weeks, man. I'm busy right now. Really? Miss Lewis. Miss Lewis was cool. So I would hang out. Most of my lunch times would hang out in the guidance counselor's office waiting to see Miss Lewis. Until finally she, you know, she agreed to meet with me. Oh, now you ready. You mean, oh, now, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, yeah. I'm on, I got to get my diploma, man. I gotta, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get my life together. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do the right thing. Trying to do the right thing, yo. And so she recognized that. She seen that, you know. I started sewing. Sewing was something that I enjoyed. It was like, yo, I don't. Let me see what could I do here. I said, what class do I need to take? 
Let me see. Let me see. Elective. Elective. Typing. Mm. Typing. The theory went, typing was probably not something a bunch of guys was going to do. So, therefore, I am going to take typing. Figure typing, no guys in the class, you know, the, the number of women would be plentiful. A lot of options to choose from. I could practice my lines, you know, and, and, um, and I don't have to get sweaty, you know? So I'm taking typing. I'm in typing class, enjoying typing until one day my sister walks in the class. I'm like, God damn, what the hell? What is, no, this can't be, what is, we gotta, I think I stopped coming to class. Uh, I, I, I think I stopped coming to class because my sister came to the class and was like, yo, why are you, why are you here? Why don't you go, go someplace else? Not Yvonne, this is Eleanor, my other sister. Yeah, Eleanor and I was in the same class, had typing class. I don't know if I, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I graduated from that, finished that class, you know, ASDF, you know, what is it? ASDF semicolon LJKH. Yeah, yeah, it's ASDF LJKH. Yeah, that's it. I learned how to type. I was doing my typing thing. Thank God I took that typing class because now I'm not pecking. I don't know. I don't have to peck. I can use all of my, you know, all of my digits to type. So it was cool. What can I tell you? I'm sitting down in there. I'm typing up, doing the work, and then I decide I'm going to take sewing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a sewing class. And I learned how to sew. And this time, pants were flare legs, and I learned how to taper them. And I was tapering all the pants for everybody in the hood. You know, so everybody would drop off their pants. They'd give me, I'd leave a description, I had a system, you know, leave a, please, leave a note in your shopping bag with what size you want the uh, the inseam to be. So I know how what I'm working with here. I figured out what the cleaners was charging. Went to the cleaners, got the price scale, and undercut them, and we was off to the races. I was sewing. And I found I found a, a tribe of people that, that was like, yo, they was doing this fashion show, fashion talent show. And I'm like, okay, well, I've been practicing sewing and I can model my own clothes. Let's do that. Let's do that. So I look in my father's closet, but right? he's got a suit in the back. I'm saying, I am going to put some leather on this suit collar and I am going to cut my father's tailor-made jacket and make it like a, a, a um, you know, those people with the, with the, with the, with the you know, with the bowl and the matador. So I'm going to do one of those jackets, you know, straight like the pants, leather on the top, gray leather. Mm. So I was, that was, that was going to be my thing. And that was my thing in, 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 in high school. And that fashion show, you know, Yvonne and, 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 and Eleanor came to the fashion show. I think Don and them came to the fashion show. I was so excited. I didn't know what was going to happen. All I did to do was walk out, you know, practice spinning and turning, come back, boom, do that a couple of times change up, do the outfits. I was modeling. I was like, okay, all right, that's what I got to do. Okay, I, I like sewing. You know, I could do this thing. I think I could do this. You know, I was practicing, cutting up clothes, and now you, you got a little, you know, you got a little wardrobe going, and mm, all right, 
okay, I think I could do this. You know, I'll go out there and they clapped and cheered like, yo, they saw me. I never thought I was seen in, um, in high school. Yo, it wasn't until after that fashion show. I was like, wow, people see you. I never spent a whole lot of time in the mirror. I do distinctly remember one night coming home. I am high out my mind, yo. When I tell you, I am looking in the mirror and it's one of them nights, you know, you get the feeling like, yo, man, what am I doing? I'm not doing this no more, man. I got to. And as I'm looking in the mirror, I realize that the top of my mouth is not moving. You know, just the bottom part is moving. My lips are moving. I could see my lips moving, but I could not move the top part of my mouth. And that was disturbing to me. I thought I broke my mouth, man. Because I was sitting there and I'm like, now I'm like, I broke the top of my, see, this can't be good. I, I can't move it. Why can't I move it? I was trying to move the top part of my mouth. I could not move it. It would, I could do the bottom part, but I couldn't do the top part. No matter how hard I was trying and I started crying. I was like, this is, Lord, I can't, I got to stop this, man. This is not good, man. I broke my mouth. You know, the top part of your mouth after, you know, you sobered up. Like, yo, your mouth is affixed to your skull, buddy. Top part is not going to move. It's a hinge. Don't you? It's a hinge. Why are you? Ah, oh, man. So, of course, you know, the next night I was getting high again. It's just ridiculous. It was just stupid. Something changed. I was like, yo, this can't be, man. I was just like, yo. I think hanging out in the, uh, in the, uh, in, in the guidance counselor's office or whatever you know college bound i came across this young lady sharon um and yeah it was like yo she introduced me to the church or whatever and that was that's that you know that kind of changed my life man i came home one night see somebody outside laid up dead i was like yo this this is not this is i don't want to be yo i gotta change my life man i gotta try something different man this is this is not this is not the path i want to go down this is not how i want to go out man mm -mm. Yeah, so experiment doing some stuff like that. It's not, it's not the path for me, man. It's not the path. So I was like, yo, we're going we gonna to have to change some things up, man. But I do remember, yo, I don't know if you've ever visited, you know, family's house, talking to some young lady, freshman here. She invites me to her house, you know, so I get there, I sit down, you know, you got the grandmother, it's kind of, kind of dim light setting, you know, I guess they got the shades drawn or whatever. Then like grandmother's there, uncle, sister, you know, the whole family's there. Mother, you know, they're all sitting around. She's there. And they start grilling me. I thought it was like an interrogation. I've never felt so uncomfortable in my life. Like, who are your people? I've never had that question asked to me, put to me like that ever in my life. Like, who are my people? Like, I didn't know my people, my people. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? What is that? What is, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. And so when I don't know what somebody's talking about, it, it may come off like like I'm being, like, I, like, I don't know. What does that mean? Like, who are your people? Where are you from? I'm from, I'm from, um, uh, I'm from Barbados, but I, you know, I live in, I live in, obviously, I'm in, I live in Brooklyn now. Um, I don't, I don't really know. Like, what are your intentions? My intentions? Uh, 
We're talking high school. I've got no intentions. Maybe uh, you know, um, I wasn't really, I didn't really, I don't really, you know, I just, just, I just seen, you know, I don't even remember her name. And so we was just talking and stuff. Like I just figured, you know, she seemed nice, but I don't really have any intentions. I'm a freshman. I, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my life. What are, I don't, I'm not planning on doing anything with this. You know, these questions just kept coming, man. I think I started sweating. You know, and I'm like, so if you're uncomfortable, I need some air. And oh, oh, man, look at the time. I think I got to go. I left. And she said, don't worry, my um, they like that. They like, you know, don't let them bother. I'm like, don't let them bother me. Like, are you kidding me? No. Oh, man. Mm -mm. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not happy. No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm not. Yeah. You know, you're going to see you. Yeah, I'll see you. Mm hmm. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. And I would tell people, now, don't call me. I'm going to call you. And I know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, that's, yo, that's a line, you know. But that was the truth. You couldn't call me because I didn't have a phone. We didn't have a phone. We didn't have a phone going up. So it, was, it wasn't a line. It wasn't like, yo, don't call me. I'm going to call you, you know. No, I didn't have a phone. So because I didn't have a phone, uh, we didn't have a phone. Um, I didn't have a phone number for you, you know. The landlord had a phone, and I tried that. It was like, yo, nah, that ain't gonna work. It's the landlord's phone. Remember, she getting the phone ring. I gotta go downstairs, get answer the phone. We did that once. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not giving anybody that number. No, you know, it wasn't until my mother, um, my mother had gotten ill, that my father decided to get a phone. And then once he had gotten the phone, then it was like, yo, that's it. Then I had, yeah, I was giving out the number, or you go to the to the pay phone and make a call or whatever. But I was not, I wasn't no, um, you know, Mac Daddy Lover, whatever you want to call it. That was not my, um, that was not my mo, you know. That was not my mode of operation, yo. That wasn't how I flowed. So it was just like, okay. So after that fashion show, this young lady walks up to me, hey, how you doing? The chinky eyed girl, right? I'm like. I tried, I remember you. She she didn't probably think I remember. I'm like, I remember you. Freshman year. Yeah, I remember you. I'm trying to, you know, I tried to highlight you, like how you doing? And you like you wasn't interested. So I learned, like, yo, it's like the exterior, you know, things that people are attracted to. So, you know, whatever. So you gotta maybe, you know, maybe you gotta do that to to get that, whatever. I don't know, but it's like, yo, you ain't interested. You wasn't interested then? What are you interested now for? You really interested? Nah, you ain't interested. Nah, you're just kidding. So that is my, um, you know, that was high school, yo. That was, that was high school. I've seen this interesting, uh, let me take this little stroll down memory lane, right? Anyhow, thank you for enjoying, indulging me on this stroll. But I've seen this little stat that was out, you know, about uh, podcasting and the the role it's going to play the role that it's currently playing you know when you think about shows like serial and joe rogan and the deals and it is it's a growing uh it's a growing industry you know we're going to be experimenting with some some different things some different shows and development i'm excited about it you know if you've got a product or service or something that you're doing and you know that there um that there are some 
black podcasters out there. You know, we talk about supporting black owned businesses. Like a podcast is a business, yo. It it is is a media company. You know, so don't so support your black podcasters that are out there. You know, we need your support. And it's like you coming on the show and uh, talking about your product or service or your your adventure that you're doing or whatever helps you. It's content for us, but it's a win for you because now listeners get to hear about you. So this lady who um who inboxed me and said, "Yo, you got some you got some grammatical errors here. You got to correct them." She was on a podcast in uh, in another country, and so I'm like, "Why would you go? Like, did you know?" So I inboxed her like, "Yo, thank you for uh, sending that message to me because I'm I'm gonna write a book." get better you know i continue to get better anything i believe i believe that anything i put my mind to i can do that's what i believe i'm dumb enough to believe that i don't know about you but hey that's the that's the kind of guy i am that's what i believe and so yeah i'm gonna write a book so i'm like did you know that i had a podcast right here in the states i guess you didn't get international coverage but why not reach out to a podcaster in the black community. That's not a rhetorical question, though. That's a serious question. Like, why not reach out to a black media company? So an up and up, so an up and rise. It's rising in an industry that's growing. Why not? You got three. There's three. There's, there's so many. I can name five different shows that you should reach out that you should be on that you should contact that's just my opinion like i would i view it as a network i view it as you have options you know you have a product figure out what market they that they're targeting you know their demographic their group of people the age group or whatever and go i would go if i had a book this is me if i know jim randolph has got a podcast if I know Kimberly Williams has a podcast, if I know uh, India and Tommy's got a podcast, if I know Nisha's got a podcast, you know, the list goes on and on. Queenie's got a podcast. You're talking about different areas and different states. And I know there's got to be more black podcasters across the country, right? I got a book. I know of those five. Me, I'm on the phone. I'm in your inbox. Hey, listen, man. I got this thing that I'm doing, you know, I'd like to be on your show. Yeah. I will call you up. Hey, listen, I would like to be on your show. You know, I got this thing that I'm doing. Da, 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 da. This is my da, 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 da. yay or nay. Mm-hmm. Yay or nay, I, I would want to be on your show. Yeah. Like, why not? What do you think the chances are you calling up? What do you think the chances are you calling up Power 105? 98.7 or any radio station or a TV station, call up Trevor Noah, call up The Daily Show and say, yo, I'd like to be on your show. It's like, who, who are you? Chance of even getting through a slim to none. Try calling up a magazine and getting in there. I'm just saying. That's just my thought. I would call them up. I would be on the phone with them like, yo, I want to be on your show. You know, there's this thing that I'm doing. And uh, I want to share it with your audience. Okay, what is that thing that you're doing, man? 
Okay, that sounds like something that's you know, right up my alley. Yeah. How about, that sounds good. Okay. Sure. Yeah, let's set aside a time, a date, and um, let's get you on the show. This is my thing, yo. I heard this, and it, um, it just makes so much sense to me. So let me set the scene up for you. So you've got Jerry Seinfeld. He's got a show, Comedians and Cars, Getting Coffee, not to be confused with Behind the Wheel podcast. We're in the car, but we're not getting out and getting coffee. We might include that at some point, but not right now. He, him and Alec Baldwin are in Massapequa. They're both from Massapequa. They're talking about, you know, just talent. And it was interesting to see different points of view and, and them talking. Um, yeah, they didn't always agree on everything. They're talking about this talent agency. Take a listen. In this business, which is filled with people that you and I know are very, very talented, people who aren't going to make it. There's a higher degree of luck involved in this business than other businesses, I think. You don't? No. Okay. I was afraid you said What I find is the talent is there, but it's not cultivated. It's assumed. It's, it's thought of as some magic carpet. Well, I'll, they'll, they'll, they'll find me. They'll take me there. What I used to call the show business commission. And you're in your apartment watching TV, and they knock on the door like, Jerry, I'm uh, Dave Addison from the show business commission. Uh, we understand you've got enormous talent and tremendous potential, and you really don't know what to do with it, and there's really uh, uh, no bridge or no other conduit which will carry you over to the next level, which is why we're here. We're the Show Business Commission. We're the sort of collection. Well, you keep a very low profile. I haven't even heard of you. I have to say that when your name came up with a wire, we were stunned. <laughs> We've heard absolutely not a peep about you. They tell us you're very talented, and we said, well, we'll take your word for it. Yes. Someone's going to come and get you and carry you there. No, I'm not. So I guess my point is, if you're waiting for somebody to come knock on the door and discover you, you might be waiting forever. Get on the phone and contact those podcasters. Let them know you want to be on your show. You've got something of value that you want to add and share with their audience. So make it happen. And if you haven't already done so, please go like and subscribe. Write a review of us on Apple Podcasts. Love to know how you, what you think of the show. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We're out of here.